Okay, with uh, Brent Peterson, uh, the director of Star Wars Rendezvous, and then his uh, special actress, Virginia, is with us as well. Uh, so, Brent, we performed just the screenplay version of this screenplay of this film, what, three, three, four years ago, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, so that was, the, that, I guess it was during COVID, I think we did it, right? It was. Yeah, the height of COVID. That's when uh, I finally decided, let's, uh, let's make this film, because... Um, your festival uh, did such a, a nice job turning that script into a, a you know kind of a radio play. Yeah, and I thought oh, this is going to work. Did a couple more revisions and then we jumped into production. That's amazing. And so, so then, so then, obviously, then, then, what was your experience like? Like, I know you're a great screen screenwriter. What was your experience directing before doing this film? I've directed a lot of different short films and, and, and things over the course of the last 20 years or so. But this was um, this is a little different because I ended up being in front of the camera as well as behind the camera, which mm. not well, I can't say it was a first, but it was the first in that magnitude uh, with myself playing Darth Maul. And why did you do that? Why did you choose to do that? You know, I I felt it was it came down to a personal reason. Um, I already had the costume and makeup. Uh, I did that as part of the 501st Legion um, for my son, um, who passed away at age seven. And Darth Maul was his favorite Star Wars character. And I wanted to pay that forward and, uh, and be his Darth Maul in the film that I made for him. And so correct me if I'm wrong, you have uh, like a Star Wars, like, was, like how would you describe in your backyard? I have a well. We're sitting in a Hobbit hole, so oh, yeah. I don't have anything Star Wars in the backyard. Sorry, but, uh, I know I knew it was it was a fanboy yeah. something. What is it? Tell me where you are again. We're in the back in my backyard. I have uh, I built a Hobbit hole, and <laughs> it's a it's a nice uh, sized room with a home theater and uh, even amazing. um, you know, a fireplace, electric fireplace, uh, round door. Um, it's a it's a nice place to uh, take calls like this and do production uh, pre production work and just kind of hang out. And I remember you took it. me. I remember you, now. I'm very now. I'm remembering it. That you, you took me <laughs> on a tour of it. And uh, yeah. and what was the motivation for building it? I had a hill in the backyard, <laughs> and I loved uh, you know Lord of the Rings. And I just you know walked out there and went, oh, there's a hobbit hole right in that hill. I must dig. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the real reason why you did it um you know i just thought it'd be a cool thing to have and uh a safe and comfortable place for my kids to hang out with their friends mm. and uh and you know future grandkids and you know it would live on We're, we was weren't it, moving anywhere so how is it virginia how does it look oh my god it's amazing like the first time i saw it i was shocked and then when he said he built it himself it's 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 really incredible. Yeah, for your listeners who want to look at it, um, you can go to myprivatehobbithole.com, and uh, the the construction process and some photos are posted there. Okay, so tell let's talk about the the making of this film. Because yeah, we, I remember now I'm remembering this. It's so amazing that you kind of made this film. The production value is so high. So since Virginia is there, where did you where did you guys how did you guys first meet? So I met Brent, I don't even know, we've known each other for a, a while now. Um, I auditioned for a, um, what was it? It was like a, 
I was doing some corporate uh, yeah. videos, some dra dramatized corporate videos for a national laboratory mm -hmm. um, training kind of things and uh, ethical kind of training. Yeah. And I cast her in a, in a small role. I really liked what she was doing, but I had some other ideas. And then uh, the follow-up mm -hmm. was an active shooter dramatization training right. film that I, I wrote and directed for the lab. And, uh, and she starred in that one. It was a very intense experience to um, that production of it. it, was, it was really so when wild. when did he when did, when did he approach you to do this this uh, fanboy project, fan so, film project, I should say. <laughs> fanboy. <laughs> um, I think I got a text from him one day. Uh, isn't there asking to call? Have a have a call really quick. Um, and he told me about his script. Um, and said that he had been thinking of me for the role. Um, and I was just very honored to, you know, that I was in his mind because it had been a while since we had seen each other. Um, so I was very honored that he asked me and then he sent me the script and I immediately was hooked and I was like, yes, please, I want to do this right now. Okay, so let's talk about the, the production because this is a pretty, pretty ambitious uh, fan, fan film. Obviously, I see a lot of fan films and it's obviously got some special effects and it's got a lot, it's a huge cast. And uh, and it's pretty, it's like the production value, like I said, it's pretty on the, on the ball within the Star Wars uh, franchise. So how do you start? Like, like, I know you got the script. It's pretty, it's pretty special. It's won awards. It's great. But how do you kind of tackle the project? I'm sure the location is the first thing you got to find, I guess, right? Yeah, when I was writing the script, I had some ideas for, for locations. And New Mexico has such a variety. Uh, we've got, you know, high Sierra mountains and, and pine trees, and we've got desert, and, you know, we've got cottonwood trees and the bosque and rivers and you know, a little bit of everything. But I knew uh, that I could really do desert well here. Mm -hmm. And I knew that there was a fantastic place called the Bisti Badlands um, out in Western New Mexico in a very remote area, but it, it looks like another planet. And I thought, you know, that's, that's, that's a Star Wars setting. It has to be. It has the hoodoos, uh, balancing rocks, just a unique landscape. So I knew that's where I would set the film starting. And then I wanted a slot canyon to, to make the action feel cornered and uh, to make those characters feel trapped in their situation. And there's another place down uh a little south of Albuquerque, about 45 minutes south of Albuquerque, called San Lorenzo Canyon. And that's mm -hmm. a Red Rock slot canyon. And using those two locations, uh, it just all came together. So just to give people context, like I think they know it already, but you live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So if anybody watched, like we were, we were talking before the podcast, anybody watched Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, that's where they cooked the meth, I guess, right? That would yeah. Those, uh... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Yeah, and it's fan it's it's fantastic kind of the, the scenery, and it makes sense that yeah, like now it makes sense watching the film that yeah, that's the the yeah. getting these rocks and these uh, so then so that's sort of where you kind of tackled it. Where did you have to like rent the location, or did you just go out somewhere and shoot? Well, the uh, the the Badlands is owned by BLM, so uh, I I had to get a permit from BLM, and then uh, the 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 canyon down south is. Um, is a wildlife preserve. So I had to get a permit for them. That was an interesting place to get a permit for. Uh, there was actually a, a loophole. They did not allow film uh, 
permits to take place in that canyon. But uh, the person I was working with there, um, she was a Star Wars fan. And she right. knew that this was nonprofit. It could be nonprofit. It's a fan film. And so there was a loophole that she found. The, this woman that I was working with at Fish and Game, Fish and Wildlife, and she found a loophole and provided a permit for us to shoot there. Wow. I didn't know that. Soon after, I found out that they, uh, other, other film people in New Mexico found out that we were shooting in that canyon, and their uh, office was flooded with uh, permit requests oh, no. <laughs> from you know, other films were, were for profit and they yeah. had to turn down so many people that the, the director of fish and wildlife decided we're not going to do any more permits. Now, wow. during that time, we were on a hiatus because it hit winter and it was super cold and it's, there was snow in the canyon. So yeah. we, it, we didn't have continuity. So we had to wait until spring to go back and finish shooting. And during that time, they decided no more permits. Well, when I called, called my contact back, she said, and I'm getting into the weeds here, uh, but she said, we're not giving any more permits, but I, let me make a case for you because I believe in your film and I want you to be able to finish your film. I'm going to make a case to the director and see if he will make an exception because you're already started your project there and, and you have to have like two dates that you can do no matter what. And after that, no more. And so we got it done. Oh, wow. That's kind of interesting. And it's like, but it's like, all they had to do, I guess all they had to say is that they're doing a nonprofit film, but who does a nonprofit film these days, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, we were a very specific exception. Yeah. And that's, okay, so then, okay, so you got the location. So now it's all about like the the art direction, the the costumes, yes. like where do you find, like, it's like I said, it's a huge cast. Do you, did you I'm sure you counted the cast. Well, memory. there's a lot of things going in parallel, right? You got the costumes, you got the the props, yeah. Which you know, many of them are 3D printed. Mm -hmm. I bought a 3D printer and made most of them myself. Yeah. But uh, another critical component was casting. I needed actors who could pull off these roles and do them justice. And uh, obviously, Virginia is here right now because she was such a critical part of that process, in yeah. including yourself too, right? Yeah. So, Virginia, are you a fan of Star Wars? That is a great question. So when Brent reached out to me, I had not seen a single Star Wars yeah. film. Um, I'm kind of you're, you're from that generation, right? Where it's like it's you're, you're like kind of like you're not the new you're not the young. Like, I, I'm, you know, what I'm trying to say it's like you're you're like you missed it. Like I've Brent and I are of a certain generation. So we had it in our childhood. One right. would assume that you didn't have that in your childhood. And then now it's like a huge thing now. And then that way yeah. you've grown up, I guess. Right. So you kind of. I was shocked that. when she told me this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, cause I know, I know but, this generation that it's yeah. the, it's the millennials, right. They don't, they missed it. I will say though, I am going to blame this on just me as a, a kid. I was very scared of anything. I think my mom tried showing it to me when I was little and Darth Vader <laughs> just scared just scared me to death. So she turned it off and I hadn't seen it since. And um, then when Brent reached out to me, I watched all of them. I watched um, Ahsoka's arc in Clone Wars. Oh, wow. Uh, so I immediately was like, I really want to. I gave her some homework. Yes. I was like, I really want to <laughs> try my best to give this justice. So, you know, but, but I think her uh, lack of familiarity was, was ended up being a good thing because she just got kind of a light touch there. She got in a very light indoctrination yeah but she could bring a fresh her fresh sure, experience to yeah. it 
and uh, and I think that was a really big benefit. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's actually a good like you. They've been we used to do like readings of like like all kinds of like shows like spec shows and and it was the, the actors who didn't know the show actually it was actually better they didn't know the show because they didn't have any preconceived notions of what to yeah. copy i guess right they weren't trying to make impressions they were just being mm -hmm. they're just being the story they're just serving the story right yeah, yeah. that's it's fresh mm -hmm. yeah so that makes uh, total sense and there's yeah. but there's so many star wars films now it's like where do you i guess you started in 1977 but like it's like <laughs> there's like there's like tv shows and there's like how many movies are there now there's like they're it's like a dozen movies now. Like when Brent and I were growing up, there was three movies, right? So, yeah, that was it. Yeah, everything else was uh, imagination. Yeah, you just Your you yeah, but the toys. I guess you had toys. I'm sure you, Brent had toys growing up, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's part of the imagination. You know, you make your own adventures with the with the action figures <laughs> when you were five, six years old. So I'm. A, I think I asked you this question when you wrote the script, but I uh, when you did the script reading. Was it very intentional for you to have like a very female cast, like female centric cast for this fan film? I don't think you asked me that. I, I actually have never been asked that. And that's an interesting question. Um, I didn't really think about it so much. I don't, I can't remember really focusing on that aspect. Yeah. I knew that what I knew when I started writing was I want to set this in the time period where the Jedis are being hunted, because I think there's an interesting story about a young force sensitive being hunted. I think that's dramatic. And I wanted to bring in Darth Maul and Ahsoka Tano because I thought their last uh, their last fight in uh, season seven of the Clone Wars was such an amazing uh, interaction and scene and, and just I wanted to see a rematch. I wanted to see what it would be like if they were to see each other again and what that chemistry would, would, would be and what would happen and what, you know, and I thought, oh, this, all the pieces are coming together. So I don't think I intentionally said it needs to have this many women and this many men. It was just uh, how it came together. Because back in our era, it would be like the, the the females were the damsel in distress, right? Like Princess Leia <laughs> yeah. needs to be need, need, gets kidnapped or gets goes to prison. They have to go rescue her. You know what I mean? She gets job of the hut. You know, makes her her slave. They have to go rescue her, right? Like right. enough is enough, right? Like it's like these are the heroes of the film or the villains, right? So right. Well, even in the Clone Wars, you know, we start out with Anakin and Obi Wan, right? The the male dominant. You know, we're we're the Jedi, we're kicking butt in the you know in the Clone Wars, but they really developed Ahsoka to stand on her own yeah. and to be a strong character, and people respected and and responded to that, including myself, yeah. which is why I really wanted her to be in this fan film. So, how was doing the choreography, the fight choreography? How was how was doing that? Oh, I'll let Virginia talk about that. Oh That's... my gosh, it was so fun. So we spent months, uh, months learning choreography from, uh, his name is Gary Choi. Choi. Gary yeah. Choi, he um, owns a stunt company in uh, Albuquerque. Now and... keep in mind, we have no stunt training no, between the two of us <laughs> at all when we started this process. Um, so he, he made the choreography and we practiced once a week for a couple of months. Um, in his studio and then eventually we moved to like local parks where we would practice for a couple of hours. Um, 
and it was so fun and watching that footage back of when we started versus like the last fight choreography we had just how far we had come in it was so incredible um and then it was kind of crazy how it shifted a little bit once we had our full prosthetics the full costumes yeah the headpiece the headpiece was an oh, issue oh man um poor Brent he had to <laughs> he had to like edit out my ears because I kept poking out um because if you lift your shoulders with that the whole thing will just kind of rise up um so it was it was really cool and, 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 and the range of motion you have as Ahsoka with that headpiece on is very restrictive. Oh, it was, yeah, it was really hard to move in. In the, in the second season of Ahsoka that's just come out and, and is wrapped up now, um, they changed something about that headpiece. It is way more flexible than the first season mm -hmm. and um, certainly way more flexible than what we had to work with as well, mm -hmm. even though we had a fantastic um, feature creator yes, who made that. Uh, yeah. Well, so this is you really like. Well, I'm curious, Brian. Like, what? Like, it seems like there was a lot of time, money, and like you said, it's, it's a it's a non for profit. Like, what's would you what's do you would like? What do you what's the capitalistic uh, plan for this this film? I'm just curious. <laughs> well, a whole lot of it I financed myself, but I also had a good friend of mine who uh, who came in and provided funding, um, and then. <laughs> Strangely, oh, if you, yeah. you mentioned us practicing mm -hmm. in the park, we would go to this park uh, and, and we would practice the sword play. Mm -hmm. And we had a guy walk up to us and say, hold on. And we were practicing with PVC pipes, by the way. <laughs> he said, that's lightsaber, isn't it? <laughs> and, and of course, you go, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. very perceptive. I guess that's good. Yeah, you can tell. We're for sure. We're pulling it off yeah. well enough. Well, he ended up uh, being uh, an investor and gave us uh, some money to uh, to make the film. He became uh, an executive producer too. Yeah. So it was all. He just, him out of, he just came like private. The guy at a park said, "Here, here's some money to make a film." Basically, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That, you know that never happens, right? That never happens, <laughs> but it happened to us. I swear. It was amazing. And just because he's a be fan, at the, right, yeah. the right time, yeah. so did he. He just like wanted to be in the movie industry, and he's a fan. Is that was that why? He's or? a he's a huge Star Wars fan, and um, and and he's just he's retired, has some extra money, gotcha, um, and he just wanted to help out yeah. and make it uh, make it possible, make it better. And in fact, the money that he came in and, and provided allowed me to actually purchase the alien heads that we used. So we had a Bith yeah. character, and we had. Uh, a Duros character, and both of those uh, prosthetics, the masks, were provided by the money he gave us. Wow. So we wouldn't have had that otherwise. It would have just been human uh, bounty hunters and not as much diversity. Mm -hmm. And what's the what's the language they're speaking? The uh, the, the Duros when he throws a grenade. Yeah, and like Darth Maul's speaking a language. What, what are they speaking? I don't think Darth Maul spoke a different language, but uh, the no, Duros, they, yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, um, isn't that Hutties? Sorry, what was the language? Is it Hutties? But how do you interpret that? How do you know how to what it what they're saying? You're just making it up, or um, no? I had done some web research, you know, Star Wars, uh, <laughs> you know, websites, and um, it, those words are actually spoken in films, uh, Return of the Jedi. 
uh, the the uh, the droid comes out of the Jabba Hutt's uh, palace. Yeah. And C-3PO. Yeah. And and says a couple words. And I looked up what they meant, and it had been interpreted by maybe even Lucasfilm. Okay. And, uh, wow. It was on Wikipedia, in fact. So wow. it was a good good source. So tell me about your 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 crew. Like, tell me about the. Well, I'm curious about your the makeup person who did all who did all your makeup. Oh yeah, Lila. Uh, you know, I'd met Lila. I had I had uh, I was director of photography for another film. In fact, uh, Crystal, uh, the woman who plays uh, Zandara, the the gun uh, lady with the rifle, um, she had uh, produced her own short film like six months before we did. And uh, I met the, her makeup person on that on that production, and her name was Lila. And uh, yeah, I got to be good friends with Lila on that production, and uh, I brought her into Rendezvous. And I did not even know how valuable she was going to be. She did such good work, and and uh, recently just won an award for it. Oh wow! Okay. I believe it. Well, because you know some of the this the 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 fans can be a little fickle, right? The the, yes. the interpretation has to be. It has spot on right yeah and so she sewed she made costumes she uh she did your makeup yeah uh, soka's makeup uh i did my own um but she she was just she was everywhere she needed to be and she had the perfect knowledge and expertise to pull it off uh, she was fantastic yeah. and you have like different kind of ver like videos right of like the making of of the film we do yeah there's a several there's several uh on a playlist that you can watch on YouTube uh, when you find the film Rendezvous. Because you just put it up a couple months ago, uh, the the film itself. So it's got right now as we're doing this podcast, it's got close almost close to forty four thousand views. That's awesome. Yes, it's done. Uh, I think that's I, I'm proud of that. Yeah. And it's going to pick. It's going to go viral. Like a, like I, I've seen this before, where like someone will pick it, a site will pick it up, and then all the fanboys will watch it. I guess right. I hope so. <laughs> That's why we made it to get it out there, to get it seen, to um, to have people uh, enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So, how's the reaction been, other than ours? I think it's been great. Uh, we we've uh, been in a, a number of festivals. I didn't even know there were that many festivals out there for fan films because it's a specific kind of thing. Um, but uh, we've. We've gotten a lot of great feedback. Oh, yeah, a lot. There's been some good reaction uh, videos mm -hmm. made uh, on YouTube. Um, we feel good about it. So we send you the art, the audience feedback. What did you think about the yes. day from our festival? I thought that was great, too. It's always fun to hear what people think. Mm -hmm. uh, and, of course, you know, in, you get a little bit of both on the comments. <laughs> some people who <laughs> hate it and some people who just absolutely love it. But I think it's the margins are heavily cited right. on that positive oh yeah definitely yeah well i guess for our our fan base it's like not everybody is like a, a super fan right so they're just like they're like a, they're like a movie watcher so they, they're watching yeah. it from a different context i guess right mm -hmm. right yeah. and i tried to write it so that even people who didn't weren't deep in star wars lore could appreciate it and enjoy it mm -hmm. like my parents i had you know my parents they've seen Star Wars films, but they're they're not as deep into it as I am, and uh, and they enjoyed the script. And I purposely sent it to some people who weren't like Star Wars fans and got feedback from them. So I feel good about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
What do you think about the, how did you do the, the like post-production, like the, all the special effects? How was that process for you? That was good. You know, I've done a lot of visual effects uh, in my day and uh, I probably did maybe 50, 60% of them myself. Uh, but I had some uh, great people to rely on and hire out some of the work. Um, so it was a team effort. And uh, man, that's what took the longest, obviously, in the post-production process. There was, uh, I think there's about 300 and 380 or so visual effects shots wow. in the film. And it's just 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so thematically, what's like, what's the film trying to say from a thematic level? I think it's a, I think it's a story of redemption. Um, for, I mean, there's a lot it says, and, and I'd really be curious in what Virginia thinks about this, the theme <laughs> themes, but, um, you know, one strong theme is, is this sense of redemption between the Zandara character and the little girl, Rila. And uh, there was this animosity, this, this um, strain on their relationship. And uh, I, I think there was a nice moment there where they kind of were able to repair that, hopefully realistically, mm -hmm. um, naturally, but for you. I think, sorry, let me kind of compose my answer. on the spot there, sorry, yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> know you're good. Um, for me, coming from Ahsoka's point of view, just how she kind of stands up for what she believes is right, regardless of if other people think it's right. Um, she's very true to her convictions. Um, and so, yeah, sorry, I don't really know how to, the best way to, <laughs> to answer yeah. it. Um, but yeah, what you said, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you have the big speech at the end, right? About the girl, like 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 the training the train the girl, mm -hmm. and he kind of does the right thing, I guess, right? Well, you, well that's, that's, nice that's an twist. interesting yeah. twist there. Yeah. Because uh does he let the kid go and be trained by Ahsoka because he thinks that's best, or because he sees an opportunity to uh follow up on it? and uh, puts the tracker on the target. Right. Yeah. So basically he's being- so we have a like, sequel. <laughs> so is there gonna be a sequel? Well, I'd love to make a sequel. Um, I haven't met uh, more financiers, but I'm always open to that. Do you have the script written, the sequel written? I do not. Okay. But um, I, have a, I have a good idea where this might go. And so, but basically, so you have like kind of like an idea in your head, but it's nothing, nothing down on paper yet. Nothing's on paper yet. Gotcha. And so what are you doing? What are you up to now? What are you working on now? I'm working on a couple of other short films. Um, uh, I'm going to be shooting uh, and directing one uh, in January about a young, uh, a young boy who is uh, enamored with his older brother's gang lifestyle. And he gets a hold of his brother's gun and has a tragic accident, which oh, wow. causes him to grow up quite quickly. Oh. It's a it's a little uh, short, sweet uh, coming of age crime drama mm -hmm. film. 
Gotcha. Seems like a timely film and what's happening, I guess, in the United States, I guess, right? It's a film, I guess yeah. it's a film about gun control. Yeah. Well, it's a film about many things, but uh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean like sort of like yeah. that's like that's what that's what stands out, I guess, right? It does, so, yeah. So Virginia, so you you're based in uh Albuquerque, New Mexico. We talked about like the mm -hmm. from the average person's point of view, well, like the most of the world has seen breaking bad, so they they, they, I guess they put that. I hope no, that's no offense to the city, but I kind of put the put the city on the map, I guess, right? From like from a Canadian yes. like myself, right? Oh, <laughs> what's going on in New Mexico? Yeah. Yes, I could definitely see how people would be like, "Oh, I may not visit uh, yeah. Albuquerque. I'll just go around it." It is a really beautiful city. The whole state is really beautiful. We have a lot to offer. Um, you know, there are going to be areas, I'm sure, like in any city where you know maybe don't go through at night. Um, but for the most part, it's just, it's a really great city. I'm very, I've moved around a lot and this is just, this feels most like home. Okay. Me. Oh, so you're not yeah. from, you're not from here. No, I'm from uh, South Carolina originally. Gotcha. And you, yeah. but you get some acting, you get acting because you have a list of credits on your IMDb. Like you get acting work uh, in Albuquerque. Yeah. Um, so now that the strike is over, I'm hoping uh, yeah. to get back to auditions. Um so yeah, you know, bits here and there, um, just hoping to grow my career, you know, um, very thankful for this opportunity that Brent gave me, um, you know, the biggest thing I've ever been offered and it was just a really great experience. She's going big places. She's going, she's <laughs> going up. Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> so you we were, we were talking before the podcast, you were on the episode of, uh, of um, Better Call Saul, right? So yeah. You're, that's a good that's a good show to have on your resume right you're in the wexler oh, yeah. versus goodman episode so mm -hmm. absolutely yep really great experience and then and then uh yeah so basically so then i guess so then you just would you go would you like is there i guess is it you just you wait for the, the the to to the productions to come there is that how it works is that and then you did like how does it work usually yeah so i to my, from my understanding of it, uh, the productions that come here, they do a majority of their main casting in LA. Um, and then when they come here, they cast uh, some of the more, the smaller roles or the guest yeah. star roles here. Um, but I'm hoping, because Albuquerque is growing in its film industry, I'm hoping that that, you know, will start to change a little bit uh, as we progress. Um, but that's kind of my understanding of how it works at the moment. Yeah. Well, that's how it works in Toronto, right? Where like, it's like they get tax breaks. So basically they they do a, they do a TV series like for a year or whatever, or they do a show and they they, they basically add the, the extra bit players, I guess they cast, they cast all the Toronto actors, right? So. Right, yeah. It's that's probably a very, very similar mm -hmm. scene. Yep. Gotcha. And then you just work working like, I guess the good, the good, you find, want to find good filmmakers like Brent and then to mm -hmm. cast you, I guess, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Not letting him go. She's done a lot of great work. Gotcha. With, without me. <laughs> well, he 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 put you on the podcast, so he must like you, though, right? So. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, that's awesome. So uh, basically, so you guys are busy then. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a little uh, dry because of the strikes. Right. Yeah. In Albuquerque specifically, you know, everywhere, right? But yeah. um, now that the strikes are over, we're looking forward to. Uh, getting back to work mm -hmm. i'm not union myself but um just in general kind of things slow it down. just helps to it helps to the, the everybody's getting like a little bit of work i guess right like when the when 
even if you're not in the union or not, it kind of keeps it keeps things busy. It does. Yeah. So, okay, so then I just wanted to add, like, speaking of the actors, because you did have a child actor. I want to make sure that I call out, make a call out to mm -hmm. her. Where did you find her? Because she was fantastic. So she was in the last short film uh, I directed uh, prior to Rendezvous. Uh, it's a film called Variant You. And uh, I, I did casting call for uh, little girls ages uh, five to like eight or so. And uh, Ryland really hit it out of the park for that. I cast her. Now, when I was announcing that I was going to make Rendezvous on social media, her mother contacted me and said, hey, by any way, do you need a little girl? <laughs> And I said, by well, a matter of fact, I do. And I'd love to see Ryland in this role. And uh, and so she was just right on in. She's and incredible. She, really talented young actor. I felt bad because I had not given her any lines except for one. Mm -hmm. And uh, and she was fine with that. You know, I, the weight of that character. She's the character that everything hinges around. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was enough for her. Mm -hmm. Well, I always love seeing like um, it's. I feel very like. It's cool for me because to see like a winning script and then, you know, sometimes a year, sometimes five years, sometimes 10 years, the winning script gets turned into a film and you, know, you get to uh -huh. see it. And then you get to see the script and you remember the script. And then like, because of course, it's never going to be exactly the same, right? There's always going to yeah. be, because there's a, it's a huge, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things happening, right? So it's yeah. just amazing that you, you executed it and it's like, now it's there forever. Now it's like on... It's gonna be put on YouTube and it's like it's a fan film. And and like I said, it's only been two months. You know, you're averaging you're averaging 22 month, 22,000 views a month, right? So just you do the math, it's gonna it's gonna accumulate, right? So those hits are gonna accumulate. I hope so. I really hope so. And I hope someone in Lucasfilm gets to see it. You know, I'd love to they're, I thought they're not allowed to see it. they 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 keep their hands off of that, right? <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard that. I hope not. Well, it's uh, one of those I things where like it's one of those things where like they like because they don't like say there's like a so a seed of your idea in a future movie. Oh, right? so they don't want to see yeah. it. They don't want they want they don't want to look at anything because they don't want to get sued. You know what I mean? So, well, but see, with a fan film, I can't sue Lucasfilm because they already basically own my fan film. Yeah, <laughs> it's their IP. Right. So there's no legal jeopardy there at all. Gotcha. No, no, no. It's like, I, I'm thinking more of the script. But you're 100 percent right. So I don't know what yeah. the. What the what the thing is with that, but yeah, I'm, there's yeah, it's listen. I see a lot of fan films, and most of them unfortunately don't work, right? Because uh -huh. either because of production value, tone, and something that something just off. Because you're you're executing, like you said, you're executing someone else's tone and vision, right? So, and and it's it just sometimes it's like sometimes it's just really the the that you there. It's the interpretation of a performer, and we have already have a. The, the audience already has an emotional under context right. to who that person it's like someone trying to be Han Solo it's impossible right, right? like Harrison Ford's that's, Han Solo right so that's tough yeah. yeah that's really tough yeah although there is you know there is one fan film out there that I've seen it's called Kenobi it's made a number of years ago maybe uh five to seven I don't know have you seen that one no I haven't that it's a Kenobi is a tough role because Ewan McGregor has done such a fantastic job with that yeah but this actor, who was also the director, I think he pulled it off in spades. Uh, he, I was really impressed by his work. And that inspired me watching his Star Wars fan film. Oh, fantastic. One of many fan films that inspired me to make my own. Yeah. Well, I, I just so, picked it up right now. I just found it right now. So I'm going to yeah. look at it. Yeah, I, I recommend that. 
It's a really well made film. Cool. Well, it looks like it got a, it's got a ton of hits, right? So it does. Yeah. How many years has it been out? Uh, four years. Okay. Yeah. So even it's got a huge IMDb rating. Like it's like been, it's like it's been reviewed thirty five thousand times on oh IMDb. Oh my gosh! Wow, that's wow. great. That's great. Good for him. Like yeah. Like most TV shows are not reviewed like that, right? So yeah. <laughs> so let's. I'm going to do whatever I can. Let's let's champion your film. I think yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. So, but that is a. I mean, going back to doing a character that yeah. is beloved and and fan followed. That's a tough tightrope. Yeah. And yeah. certainly we had to walk that rope and we're going to get some, you know, some bad reviews because But the difference that. is is that you guys but you guys are in costume, right? So there's a different, yes. you know what I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's a yeah. different kind of beast. I, I actually that that was my point I was trying to make. I thought it was a great I idea see. to do what you guys did. Uh, so oh, I see. I see. Yeah. There's a film there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a facade there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It helps helps sell the character. Mm -hmm. So Kenobi right now has got 7.2 million views. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, good. Great for them. Um, well, we hope to be there soon as well. Yeah. And almost to the second, the same time frame. Like it's like 19 minute mark. So uh -huh. of wow. your film. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Well, like I love it. I want to check out Albuquerque uh, eventually. Yes, please. And, uh, Come on down. I know you you probably get a lot of uh, of those like Breaking Bad uh, fanboys or whatever coming down and <laughs> Seeing the house and seeing all There's these. There's a tour. There's a tour. They take. Oh, the, well, uh, I'm the, sure someone took advantage of that. Of course, right? Yeah. So. They've they've got the uh, the the mobile, the yes. the, the meth lab, the mobile yeah. meth lab. Oh yeah, go they take gotcha. you around town and show you all the shooting locations. Does someone live in the house? That Walter White's house. Yeah. That house is I, fenced. It's uh, they I, got a lot of attention they didn't want. They were throwing like pizzas on the roof. People go. Eventually had to put up a fence. I don't know if she still lives there. I think she may have gotten fed up with it and <laughs> just yeah. decided to leave. Um, but the house is still there. Yeah. Well, you can make some money, I guess, right? So. Yeah. Seems like you could. I the Jeff Franklin who who uh, created Full House. He bought the Full House house in oh. San Francisco. <laughs> so Vince Gilligan should buy oh, that wow. house, right? So. Yeah. You know there was an investor. Strange, Stranger Things, the last season of Stranger Things that came out was shot in, partially shot in Albuquerque as well. And the house, one of the houses that used in, in that season um, was bought by an investor and is now displayed as, you know, uh, the Stranger Things season, what is it, four? Uh, yeah, house. Five, yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah, definitely they could do that with Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul oh, as well. Sure. Yeah. And I, I'm sure they want the community wants another movie or TV series based on the show as well, right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they can do. I think you know everybody's dead, right? <laughs> or in jail, <laughs> or in or in case of uh, what's his name, Aaron Paul's character, he's in he's in Alaska, yes, he, right? He's in Mexico yeah. or wherever. Yeah, I'd be, be cool to follow him. This story. Yeah, Aaron Paul, but he, but he's in Mexico. He's in Alaska. They can't. They have to like the. Oh. Did he go to Alaska? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, remember they, they put him in Alaska when he got... Uh, it, it was, El Camino? El Camino, yeah. Ah. Yeah, so I think everybody's got... Everybody, maybe Kim comes back and tries to be a lawyer again, right? So I loved Kim's character. Yeah. It'd be fun to follow her again. Because she's the only one who's not dead, right? Everybody yeah. else is dead. Except for Walter White's mom. Family. Family, yeah. But yeah. 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 So maybe they get together and something happens, right? So... 
<laughs> I think they're done. I, th I think they're done. But I'm just, just <laughs> to help yeah, the, the community from the, the economy, right? The Albuquerque come out co economy, they should come back and do something, right? Yeah. Well, there will be other shows here that uh, hopefully will be as well received. Yeah. And uh, yeah. hopefully we'll be behind them. Yes. Hopefully. All right. Well, on that note, it was great talking to you guys. And uh, let's, well, hopefully we'll talk again soon uh, when you make your next films. Thank you. All right. Great talking to you. So much. One, two, three, four, five, six.